Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, no matter what time you may be listening to this. I am Sam Mitchell, and I'm very excited to be bringing day six of our EC daily devotional. And as we have said multiple times, this is not meant to replace your daily Bible reading and God's Word, but is meant to supplement it and come alongside of it. So today we're going to be in chapters 19 through 21 of Genesis, and we're really going to see a continuation of what we read yesterday. We're going to see God rightfully and justly punish sin in destroying Sodom and Gomorrah. And we saw in chapter 18 as Abraham was pleading with God on Sodom's behalf because of his nephew Lot being there. But we'll see that God remembers Abraham and saves Lot. Um, We'll see that God is going to save those who he's going to save, even if they linger. (laughs) What a great truth that is. Um, Then we're going to see this story of what we have seen before that Abraham in fear deceives and says Sarah is his sister and ultimately this could lead to Abimelech sinning against God and messing up the lineage of Isaac and of Jesus and God protects that lineage and he warns Abimelech and what an awesome thing that is. Then we get to chapter 21 where we finally see the fulfillment of the promise uh, that we get back in Genesis twelve three that through Abraham all of the nations of the world shall be blessed that he will have descendants as numerous as the star and it starts with his son Isaac and so we see this fulfillment finally happen but we also get the implications of Sarah giving over her servant Hagar to Abraham and Abraham and Hagar conceiving a son in Ishmael but we'll see God protect Abraham's offspring in Ishmael. And then we'll end our time with seeing that God's presence is evident on Abraham and it's evident on his people. And so uh, very excited to dive into the text this morning, afternoon, evening. So we get in chapter 19. The two angels came to Sodom in the evening and Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom. When Lot saw them, he rose to meet them and bowed himself with his face to the earth and said, my lords, please turn aside to your servant's house and spend the night and wash your feet. Then you may rise up early and go on your way. They said, no, we will spend the night in the town square. But he pressed them strongly. So they turned aside to him and entered his house and he made them a feast and baked unleavened bread and they ate. So we're going to see in verse four why is a pretty big deal that they not sleep in the town square because we're going to get this crazy picture of how wicked Sodom is. And so we see the men of the city come and say, Lot, those two guys who were with you, you, you bring them out to us because uh, we want to know them. And so uh, we see their wickedness of this town on full display. And we see Lot end up giving this plea of, behold, I have two daughters who have not known anyone. Let me bring them out to you. But they say, no, we want the two men that you were with. And we see the wickedness here. And we see ultimately what God decides to do. It says in verse 13, For we are about to destroy this place because the outcry against its people has become great before the Lord, and the Lord has sent us to destroy it. So Lot went out and said to his son-in-laws who were to marry his daughters, Up, get out of this place, for the Lord is about to destroy the city. But he seemed to his son-in-laws to be jesting. And so we get to this big moment in verse 15. As morning dawned, the angels urged Lot, saying, Up, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, lest you be swept away in the punishment of the city. But he lingered. So the men seized him and his wife and his two daughters by the hand, the Lord being merciful to him, 
and they brought him out and set him outside the city. And as they brought them out, one said, Escape for your life. Do not look back or stop anywhere in the valley. Escape to the hills, lest you be swept away. And so we see here that God saves Lot, even though he lingers. And I, I love what Charles Spurgeon says about this, that there are exactly four people that needed to be pulled out of the city, and there are exactly two angels with four hands, that God in his mercy and providence had the right amount of hands to pull the, his people out. What an amazing thing that is. And so we see in verse 23 and 24 that God rains down on Sodom and Gomorrah. Sulfur and fire from the Lord out of heaven. He overthrows the cities and the valleys. And uh, it says, so it was that in verse 29, when God destroyed the cities of the valley, God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities in which Lot had lived. And so we see God remembers Abraham here and in his mercy and in his grace, he saves Lot. But then we get this crazy story uh, in verses 30 through 38, where we see the implications of constantly being around sin in a wicked city uh, where all you ever see is sin. And so we see the daughters of Lot freak out that their father is old and there's not a man on earth to come to them. And so they make their father drunk and they lie with him to conceive children and continue his lineage. And so we see the implications that of sin here. And so we see it continued on once again. Then we get to chapter 20 and we see as Abraham is journeying once again. And so we get what we had seen a few times now that Abraham's worried and he's scared. So he says, Sarah's my sister because she's beautiful and he doesn't want to be killed so that someone could take Sarah. But So we see Abimelech begin to take Sarah, but we get in verse 3. But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, Behold, you are a dead man because of the woman who you have taken, for she is a man's wife. Now Abimelech had not approached her, so he said, Lord, will you kill an innocent people? Did he not himself say to me, She is my sister? And she herself said, He is my brother. In the integrity of my heart and the innocence of my hands, I have done this. Then God said to him in a dream, Yes, I know that you have done this in the integrity of your heart, and it was I who kept you from sinning against me. Therefore, I did not let you touch her. So we see here what something we mentioned in the very first day, that every warning and do not from God is covered up in love. Like Exactly what he does here for Abimelech is warn him against sinning against him so that he will not be killed, so he'll not die. And we also see God making sure to protect the lineage of Abraham through the birth of Isaac and the lineage of Jesus and keeping it what it is supposed to be. And so we see the story continue on where Abimelech approaches Abraham and says, why would you do this to me? And Abraham, you know, continues like he always does to make excuses and say, well, you know, she is technically my sister. And so we see this kind of crazy story go on, but then we get to chapter 21 And we see the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did to Sarah as he had promised. And Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the time of which God had spoken to him. Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, who Sarah bore him, Isaac. So we see right here that God fulfills his promise. You've just got to love 
verse one. The Lord visited Sarah as he said, and the Lord did to Sarah as he promised. Like, what a great promise that our God is faithful to do what he has said and promised to do. We, we can fully trust in that because he is always faithful to do it. And so we see ultimately through the birth of Isaac that drama is now created and that as the child grew, uh, that she perceives that Ishmael is laughing at her son and Sarah wants Hagar and Ishmael cast out. But we see as God does command Abraham to cast them out, but that he protects and provides for Ishmael in the wilderness. And we see um, all throughout verse 8 through 21, but especially towards the end in verse 17, that he says, And God heard the voice of the boy, and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, What troubles you, Hagar? Fear not, for God has heard the voice of the boy where he is. Up, lift up the boy and hold him fast with your hand, for I will make him into a great nation. Then God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water, and she went and filled the skin with water and gave the boy a drink. And God was with the boy, and he grew up. He lived in the wilderness and became an expert with the bow. And so we see God protect Abraham's offspring here once again. And so we see God intervening and being gracious and merciful once again. And then we see to end chapter 21, this awesome treaty with Abimelech that it says in verse 22, at the time Abimelech and Philcal, the commander of his army, said to Abraham, God is with you in all that you do. Now therefore swear to me here by God that you will not deal falsely with me or with my descendants. And so we see this awesome truth that God's presence is evident on Abraham and it's evident in his people. And so we see that through these chapters that God is going to justly and rightfully punish sin, that he is going to save those who he's going to save, that he is faithful to every promise that he makes and he will protect that promise in everything that he does. He will give warnings against sin and then we see that his presence is on his people. So I want to end our time in prayer this morning or afternoon or evening, whatever time you may be listening. Father, we thank you so much for your just goodness to us. We thank you, Lord, that despite our sin, our shame, and that it would be just for us to be punished and spend eternity in hell, that, Lord, you have been gracious and merciful to us and you have saved us from our sin and our wickedness. Lord, we thank you that you protect every promise that you make. We thank you, Lord, that you are faithful to every promise that you make. Lord, we thank you that your presence is alongside of us. Lord, we are just so thankful that if you are for us, then who can be against us? Like, what a truth to hold on to. So, Lord, we pray that in all that we do, we glorify your name. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen.